You're listening to the Renew Life Church podcast. We hope this message inspires you and challenges you to become a true disciple of Jesus. To find out more about us, go to RenewLifeChurch.com. Yeah, I want to I share just a, a few stories. I'm going to tell a few stories today. Y'all okay with some stories today? I am going to share some Bible, but I'm going to also share some other things. And so uh, let's just pray for two seconds more. I'm sorry. God, I just ask you... Uh, that, that you would just be with me and with us, that you would be, uh, that you would be amongst us, God, uh, as, as we already feel you in the room, uh, that you would just give us revelation, knowledge, and understanding, and, and wisdom, and that you would just uh, impart to us something today that is, uh, that is courageous and that is uh, daring, Father. I think that you're creating and designing us to be people uh, that have never walked before, and that is totally fine. I think that we are uh, uniquely us, but we are perfectly you. And so I just ask for you to uh, just move in the room and just uh, to love on us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Have you ever been in a situation in your life where you were caught off guard? Like just, come on, just participate with me. Like you, you didn't see something coming. Everybody in the room probably at some point should have had their hand raised, but that's fine. We'll get there in a minute. It's, it's almost noon. You'll wake up soon. Uh, I was in a position once. Sorry, I'm in a little bit of a mood. Are you okay with a mood today? Listen, it's a good mood. It's fine. Everything is fine. This is church. This is the house of God, and there is laughter allowed here. So I was in a position once where I was extremely caught off guard, and I was thinking about what I'm gonna share, and the Lord reminded me of this story. And so uh, when I was just barely just coming to Jesus, I was a brand new Christian, didn't really know much about how Christian people acted. I was not Christian. I was, I was of the heathen anointing. That was the one that I had on my life. I had this power to just be a heathen, and unfortunately, I happened to be very good at it. And then I got saved, which was the best thing ever for me. But there was this moment, it was like, you know where the ocean, the salt water doesn't mix in that one spot with the fresh water? That's how I felt getting around Christians. It was like, there is this kind of water and there is me. And we don't blend. And so I went to this event one night uh, with, with Stacy. we were dating. It was like our first official, like, outing where it was just the two of us, but we were going to be around other Christians. This is a big deal. This is a nervous situation. I'm like, oh my gosh, I hope that my crazy doesn't show up. (laughs) Y'all ever been somewhere you're like, okay, crazy, you're gonna have to stay in my pocket. You can't come out here. Well, that was kinda how I was like, you you can't come out here. So we go to this community Bible study event, and community Bible study, CBS is going on still here in town, it's amazing. Uh, and so we had gone to an event at some people's house and it was just like a game night, just hanging out. And I'm like, okay, it's fine. I'm not gonna get called on to read no scriptures. That's fine, I'll pass that test. As long as crazy's fine, we're all fine. And so they played this game at this event that was called Frog, 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 Toad, Toad, Toad. Anybody ever heard of it? I think they made it up that night. That's why nobody's heard of it. And basically what happens is you have all the frogs over here and you have all the toads over here. And every person that's playing the game has a candle, and the candle gets lit. The intention and the idea of the game is for all of the toads to make it all the way to their safe zone, 
and all the frogs to make it to their safe zone with everyone's candle still lit, but the other team's trying to blow your candle out. Y'all follow me? So if your candle gets blown out, you scream, frog, 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 or toad, 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 whichever team that you're on, and one of your teammates comes and relights your candle, and you work together to get across, across to your home. Well, Stacy was on the other team. This was a mistake. <laughs> because my wife, when we are on other teams, when we're against each other, it, it cannot be good sometimes. <laughs> if you ever play games with us, it, it's, it's a little dicey. You're like, are they actually saved and why are they pastoring a church? <laughs> it's true. But we're fine because we're saved. So I am attempting to blow out Stacy's candle because she's on the toad team and I'm a frog and frogs are better than toads for whatever reason. And so I'm doing my best to lean over her shoulder to blow out her candle because we're about to win. Well, she realizes we're about to win and I believe that she did this on purpose, but that's to be determined. As I lean over, she feels me lean over and she raises her head up as fast as she can and she catches me square on the end of the nose and my nose literally busts open, blood's all over the place, and I'm like, crazy, it came out. I told you to stay in there, and you didn't stay in there. And I was like, you know what, if this woman could bust my nose in the first Christian environment that we've been in, I should just totally propose to her, she's the one. And so we got married, so there we are. Just this crazy moment of just being caught off guard, like, I was doing my best to not be that person, and here I am, that person. A few weeks ago, I tell that story because a few weeks ago, I was caught off guard. I, was, I, was, I encountered someone, uh, a couple of someones, a couple of guys that, they just surprised me. And it wasn't bad, there was no blood involved, it was fine, There's, none of that happened. I pull up to the office on a Thursday, and as I pull up, this, this truck follows me into the parking lot. I didn't think anything about it. There's people that come in and out, you know, different things. And, I'm sitting in my truck and I'm sending Steve-O a text message. We're talking about something and, and all of a sudden I see this guy hop out of his truck and he starts walking like he's walking in the building but then he realizes that I'm in my truck. And I'm like, okay, what's about to happen? And if you remember that message that I was talking about when uh, I thought that, uh, I just started painting a, a picture in my head about what would happen if someone was following me. Stuff doesn't go good in my mind sometimes. So this guy starts walking up to my window. I'm like, oh my gosh, what is happening? He walks up and he goes, uh, hey, uh, how's it going? I was like, it's good. Just, you know, send in a couple messages. I said, like, can I help you? And he's like, yeah, actually, I came to see you. I was like, I've never seen this person before in my life. Didn't know who he was. I was like, well, let me send these messages. We can have some conversations. So he comes in the office and he just begins to unpack that the Lord had told him months ago that he needed to go have a conversation with Cody Sykes at Renew Life Church. I'm like, okay, time out. Who are you? Who do you work for? I'm fine, all my taxes are paid, so <laughs> just go ahead and whatever you need to say, go ahead and say it. And he's like, no, seriously, I, I just ignored the Lord and then I was having coffee this morning at a coffee shop and he reminded me of it and so I just got in my truck and drove over here. And so I don't know what I'm doing here, I just know that the Lord told me to come. And I'm like, well, I appreciate that risk. Like, that's a huge deal. Like, I've been in positions like that before. And so he compliments the church, and he's followed us from afar, and just kind of, he goes to a different church in town, and, and the conversation was, was pleasant and nice, and then it just got really quiet. And I was like, well, is there anything else you want to share? And, yeah, actually. 
And it was as if like I had thrown a stick of dynamite at the bottom of the dam and the dam blew up because he literally just shared everything that he knew, I think in his mind at that time. I just went ahead and just started unleashing things. And long story short, he let me in on the fact that he had, he had committed adultery, cheated on his wife. Uh, he was living in the ramifications of that. It happened quite a while ago. She's on staff at a church, but they never involved their pastors in the situation. And he was asking me what he should do. And it was just, I gave him some advice and I pointed him obviously back to his pastors, like you, you need to go where you're submitted and different things. And it was just this, this really interesting thing where I was like, Lord, what, what was that all about? It was almost like this whirlwind of a moment. Fast forward to the very next day. Then the very next day, I, um, it's our day off, we're closed on Fridays and I get a message from a guy on Facebook. And he says, hey, I, I'm having some issues sleeping. I woke up not breathing two times. Can I come to your office and will you pray for me? So I was like, I'll be there in a little bit, yes. So I get to the office, didn't tell him what time I'm gonna be there, and then all of a sudden I get a message, I'm here. So I go out, he comes in, sitting in the same spot on my couch as the person the day before. This, this man goes to another church in town. Um, I, I begin to share what I believe was was what he was dealing with was like a spiritual attack of some sort. Walk him through some spiritual warfare things uh, that he just hadn't ever heard of or thought of. And then I was like, man, what, what else is going on? Is there anything else? And he just begins to unpack some of the things in his life. And it was just this moment where I got to speak into some areas and some men that don't come to Renew Life Church. And as he left, I prayed this out and I said, Lord, thank you so much for making me an ally in Midland, Texas. And when I said it, something clicked in my spirit and it was as if the Lord said, this is something that I've put on Renew Life Church. This is an anointing, this is a grace that Renew Life Church has to be kingdom allies for people both in and outside of our church. And so today for a few moments, I wanna speak to you about what it looks like to be an ally in the kingdom in the kingdom of God. And before I define what an ally is, I feel it's important, sorry. I feel it's important that we rem- remember and remind ourselves what it is that we're supposed to be doing as people of God. And so if you would, just turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter five. We're gonna start in verse 17. says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are, are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, basically not keeping a tally of their sin. And he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors of Christ, as though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So our mission and purpose is to constantly be trying and pointing people back to the Father, to constantly be reconciling people back to God. As ambassadors of Christ, we should be passionately urging people to go back to the Father. That is what he is saying in the scripture. But if you go to Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, it expands a little bit. 
It says, and Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So we should be living on a mission, and this is part of Renew Life Church's mission, but we should be living on a mission to advance the kingdom of God, to urge people to get right with God, to urge people to put their trust in him, to urge people to place everything at the feet of Jesus. That's what we are designed to do, amen? And so I wanted to define what an ally is. An ally is someone that is associated with another as a helper. They are someone that provides assistance and support in an ongoing effort. They are someone that provides assistance and support in an ongoing effort. And I believe this, in the ongoing effort of reconciling people back to God and making disciples, we have to become allies to those around us that are in the midst of the lies or the constant influence of the enemy. You and I, every living person, every breathing person, we are constantly surrounded by an enemy. And as allies, we're living in such a way that we do our best to help them press through the temptation, press through the lies, press through the moments of despair so that they are reconciled back to God. Amen? If you look at the life of Jesus and the ministry of Jesus, Jesus was constantly pointing people to the Father. It was, all, it was in everything that he did. He said, I, I, I only do what my Father does and say what my Father says. When he taught the disciples how to pray, our Father, he constantly was pushing people to the Father. Constantly, he said, I am the way, I am the truth. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus constantly pointed people at the Father. He was the best ally and he was the greatest reconciler of all. And so when you think about that, that thing and when you think about having to only point people to the Father, becoming an ally gets a little easier. See, because we're pointing them to something that never ever changes. We're pointing them to someone who never ever is different. And the reason that we, we have to become allies is because we are designed to live in a way where we champion the cause of other people. I didn't read this, but Paul, in verse 14 of 2 Corinthians 5, he says, for the love of Christ is what compels us. So they're reconciling people to the Father, but the reason they're doing it is because the love of Christ has compelled them to do so. This is our fuel as allies. If you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it says this, though I speak with the tongues of men, this first one, and of angels, but I have not love, I become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. I want you to think about these things as I read them because oftentimes we put a lot of stock and we put a lot of value in some of the things that he is saying. He says, if we speak with tongues of men and of angels, but we have not love, we have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy, and I understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. 
It is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not speak of its own, or seek its own, excuse me. It's not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love, it never fails. It never fails. I would challenge you or encourage you to go back and read, read that, but replace the word love with God, and it's still very, very true. God never fails in 1 Corinthians 14, 1, when he starts describing the, the spiritual gifts, he says first, pursue love, but then desire spiritual gifts. So love has to be this thing when our heart is truly set on the fact that we love people and we love God, we love God and we love people, it's at that place that uh, we, we become really good at being allies in the city because our intention is literally love. I wanna say this, allies in the kingdom of God are kingdom-minded people. And we have to become kingdom-minded. That means, that means we have to think larger than Renew Life Church. We have to think larger, if you're visiting, uh, you have to think larger than maybe the church that you normally attend. We constantly have to take on a different mindset when it comes to the kingdom, if we're going to be kingdom allies. We have to understand this. The goal is to not reconcile people to our church. The goal is to reconcile people to the Father. Amen? We can't afford to waste time withholding wisdom or withholding support from someone because of their church affiliation. I can't, and you can't, we can't afford to waste time not stepping in and actually helping someone out because we're not sure of what they really believe when it pertains to the gifts of the Spirit. Or how they feel about our church, or do they come to our church? As a pastor and as a, as a church goer, as a child of God, we can't think that I'm gonna withhold all of my wisdom because they don't come to my church. But as soon as they do, I'll open up all of the floodgates and share anything that they want to. That's, that is a wrong mindset and we can't, have, we can't have that one. Kingdom allies are people that champion other churches. You're like, are you seriously saying that you're telling people to stay at their church when you're a pastor of a church. 100% I am. Because our growth should not be defined by numeric numbers. Our growth should be defined by the fruit that comes forth out of our life. Amen. Plain and simple. It doesn't matter if our church is 1,200 people. If we don't love well, we're not doing anything at all. If we're not long-suffering, we're not doing anything at all. If we're not kind people, it makes no difference how many people come to our church. The second guy that came to my office, he, uh, he began to share with me that he leads a small group in the church that he's at, which is amazing. And, and this guy, is, he's very kind. He's come to our, our men's lunch a few times. and Just a sweet guy, but he, he shared that He's leading a, a group in this church that he goes to, and he said, I've been reading. I came to you because I needed prayer supernaturally, and I've been reading some things in scripture that I've never seen before. 
things about miracle signs and wonders, things about gifts of healing and tongues and prophecy, and I've never been taught these things, and I'm learning these things, and, and as a leader of a group, I feel like I have this, this need and this, this uh, urgency to share it with these other people as well. And he said, I've, I've done the things that they've asked me to do, but I feel, like I, need to, I feel like I need to start telling them as well. And he said, but what I have heard is that when someone's got to the place that I've got to and taken what I'm learning to the leadership of the church that I go to, those conversations don't go well and that person normally gets silenced. And in this moment, you'll face this too. What do you say to that person? How are you honoring their leadership? Because you have a, a responsibility in the moment to honor their leaders. And I began to talk to him about this idea of, listen, if you have been trusted to lead on their behalf, and you start teaching something outside of what they actually do believe, you're stepping into a place of dishonor. Even if what you're teaching is true, if you're knowingly doing something underneath the rug, you're actually moving in dishonor. So what you should do is you should go to your leaders and you should say, hey, this is the things that I'm learning. Can you walk me through these scriptures? Can you tell me about healing and can you walk me through gifts of, of, of prophecy and speaking in tongues? Can you do all these things? Will you teach me what this means? And then if they decide that they're not going to listen to you, at that point you listen to the Holy Spirit. Is he convicting you to do something different? But he does not need me as a pastor in this town to tell him to leave his church. He just doesn't. What he actually needs me to say is what you should do is you should go submit to your leaders because what if you're the one that carries something that actually they see for the first time and they've never seen it before and now the thing that you're believing for actually starts happening in your church. That's what, that's what Midland, Texas actually needs. You might be drawn to here because we're believing in a way but what I hope happens is you take it back and if the way that we're believing is correct and the Holy Spirit says so and he shows you that hopefully it spreads like wildfire in your church. That's what a kingdom ally should be doing. So when you get invited to coffee with someone else and they start talking about their church and they start talking about their pastor, you need to understand that a good ally will honor their pastor and honor their church. And if you're sitting down talking about your church to someone else, a good ally will talk good about your church and good about your pastor. This is just what we should be doing on the norm because we are building the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of Renew Life Church. This is where we have to land, we have to get here because I believe that God has some incredible things in store for our city. The goal is not to get someone to Renew Life Church, is to grow the kingdom of God by doing our best to put people in moments of reconciliation with God. And sometimes, and in some cases, reconciliation with God comes through being submitted and reconciling to a leader. Look at, look at you know, Samuel and Eli in 1 Samuel chapter three. Samuel gets reconciled to God, receives a prophetic word in a time where the word of the Lord was rare because what he did is he submitted three times. He had submitted a lot more than that, but in one night when he heard his voice called or his name called, he submitted to his leader. 
Eli sends him back, go to sleep, I didn't call you. It happens again, I didn't, go to, I didn't call you, go back to sleep, it happens again. The third time Eli perceives that it was the Lord talking to Samuel and then Samuel's led into this moment of responding to God and he gets something that starts shifting everything. Sometimes reconciliation with God looks like submitting to a leader. And as people of God, we have to do a really good job at honoring leaders and having people and reminding people, res respect and respond and submit to the place that you're planted. This is something that we have to grow into. Um, Y'all got super quiet on me, so I don't know if I lost you or not. I believe that Renew Life Church is, is a church of, of kingdom-minded people. Uh, I declare that, I, I, I see that happening, and I wanted to share something that, that we're gonna do a better job at sharing these kinds of things, but there's a church in town that uh, we found out they're in dire need of um, some upgrades within their sound system. They were, they were gonna do some things to help their quality, uh, then we got word that what they were thinking was going to, what they were thinking about doing was not going to do anything at all. And so um, we just, we gave them $30,000 to revamp their sound system. This is another church right here in our city. And, and this is what a kingdom-minded, kingdom-ally thinking church does. And not only are we just going to provide them with the money to and revamp their entire sound system, but then we're gonna come alongside them and say, this is how you work all of it. This is how you put programs and things in a place to make sure that it's actually functioning the way that it was designed to function. We're gonna give them the cash, but then we're also gonna give them as much wisdom as we have. Why? Because they're advancing the kingdom of God. And they're as much on our team as we are on theirs, right? I'm, we're gonna pray in a minute, but I'm just really, really, <laughs> I'm at this spot where I'm tired of competition within church ministry. It needs to die. It's been alive and it's been thriving for far too long in Midland, Texas. And it needs to die. Last week when Keith hopped up to, to or when Keith was finished and I got up to, to close, I got on the stage and I, I heard the Lord say that this is a summer of salvation. And I'm just kind of declaring that. I know that sounds like super cliche or whatever. I don't, I don't really actually care. Uh, I just believe that it is a summer of salvation. And it's like, the Lord said it, and he's like, do you believe it? And would you even say it? Yes, I believe it, and yes, I'm gonna say it. And so I just believe that it fits perfectly in the season of even thinking and sharing on the, the idea of what an ally looks like, because there are people that are coming to you. They're already coming to you. Maybe you just hadn't seen them yet, or you hadn't noticed them yet. But I believe that God is gonna give you some wisdom and some, some ideas of what to say at the right time that, that salvation might come to them in this season. I believe it's gonna happen for your, for your family. I believe it's gonna happen in your, your workplace. I believe it's gonna happen at grocery stores. It's gonna be random, it's gonna be awkward, and I hope it is because in those moments there's so much power. And I just believe that God is gonna move in our city this summer. I really do, I, that's where my faith is, that's where my hope is, that's where my expectation is. Yeah, I, I pray that salvation's happening all the time. I just, I kind of just see a, a, a wide, wide lane and it's going down to a very small spot and there's a ton of people and the opening is clogged up and it's people that are just waiting for someone to ask, hey, do you know Jesus? Are you okay today? 
That's what an ally does. They actually notice, they look a little different, they look a little deeper than the people that are just walking the streets and seeing others. Amen? Uh, we're gonna pray, and uh, before we do, I, we're gonna pray specifically some prayers of repentance uh, as a church, as a pastor. Um, I'm, gonna, I'll, I'm gonna go first in this, but I want us to repent for some things that maybe we had nothing to do as it pertains to competition within churches in Midland, Texas, that we would actually step into a place of standing in a gap to repent for some things so that hopefully the glory of God actually comes into Midland, Texas like we're praying that it's going to. I was at a lunch the other day and met some older ladies uh, that are in their 80s and 90s and they've been praying for revival in Midland, Texas for over 35 years. And we are a type of church that they have been praying for. And what I believe is that if we are a type of church to carry something of a move of God, there can be no place in us that is hoping and, and carrying the spirit of competition as it pertains to what another church is doing in town. I was born and raised in this city. I want nothing more than to God get glorified in Midland. I want nothing more than for Midland to get reconciled to the Father. And if that means I stand in a place and I repent for something that I had nothing to do with, but I stand in a spiritual authority place and I do that, and it unlocks something, it breaks the seal, I don't care, I'll do it. And so I'm asking you to just search your hearts in a moment. Are there some things in you that maybe you just need to release as it pertains to other churches? as it pertains to other pastors. If you're carrying a church hurt, release that in these moments because I just don't want anything to defile what I feel like God has designed us for. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope you felt encouraged by today's message. If you need prayer or would like to connect with us, find us on social media or by going to renewlifechurch.com.